Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. I began last week by saying we should greet one another. One of the other things that I'm going to say in a moment, can I admonish you? If you're poor in that area, grow, please. That's a scriptural point. Paul said to greet one. He even said with a holy kiss. And I talked about that some last week. So whether you're uncomfortable or not uncomfortable with that, I, I applauded the Hispanic community. But really, just about everybody else except we Americans greet each other with that, that holy kind of kiss. You know, a kiss on the cheek, you know. A warm welcome. But I, it's not that I'm invoking that that's what we have to do now. I'm simply saying don't be part of the people group. And listen to me, young people. If you're, I'm going to say it this way. If you're below the age of 30, get your eyes out of that phone and look at people when you walk by them. I'm as serious as I can be about this. We need to learn how to greet one another, and I mean with warmth and care, so that you actually appear to care when you say hello to somebody. How you doing? And you know, if you're honest, you don't really care. You're just saying it because it's what we do. How you doing? I'm good. And you may not be good. You're responding because you know that they don't care that much. That ought to be different in the body of Christ. So that's where we started. Greet one another. Talked about being patient with each other. I need patience. Do you? Don't pray for it. Just say, Lord, thank you that I'm growing in patience. <laughs> be careful what you pray for. He'll give you a reason to have to be patient. That's how you'll grow in it. <clears throat> then I went on to, with how we must accept each other. Whatever our background, whatever our culture, whatever our skin color, whatever our appearances are, accept one another. Right where you're at. Let the Holy Ghost work in them. You just, you're responsible to love them. Then we need to learn how to forgive each other. Followed by that odd word I mentioned a moment ago, to admonish one another, which may include a mild rebuke. That's what I just did for you guys. It was a mild rebuke. And I know how to give a full-on rebuke, but I gave a mild rebuke. Get your eyes out of your phones and the other electronic media. Learn how to greet people and treat each other like they're human from there we went on to being kind and compassionate with each other and we closed out with encouraging each other. So today I want to get busy 
doing. You know that doing flows out of being. Doing flows out of being. You are a child of the living God. That's who you are. So what you do flows out of that. If you're full of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then your life ought to show it. So let's cover some more today. Y'all will let me expand on this a little bit. I had to cut the first service short. But you come for the second service, you want the full bore, right? You want it all. You want to get right in the middle of the game, amen? Let me tell you where this begins. This begins with a hard one. Confess. I don't know why it's not letting me move it, Maria. But it's not. I'm pushing the button with all of my might. I don't want to have to break this thing. So flip the page for me. Let's get busy doing this. Confess your sins to each other. James 5, 16. Yeah, it's still not allowing me to do it. So uh, there's the scripture. You may, uh, maybe it did. All right, I got control again. Thank you. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Man, it's so hard to not preach every verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Some of you are asking yourself, why isn't my life more productive? Have you crossed that barrier? Have you planted the seeds of confession in someone else's ear and spirit and asked them to pray for you so that you may be healed? You see, I, 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 I didn't make this up, it's there. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. He's linked that to confession of sin. Now, this is a hard thing to do. Somebody say amen. amen. While a very hard thing to do, the relief that follows it is extremely gratifying. I've seen it over the course of my ministry life when someone has come in my direction and they've said, Pastor, I'm struggling in this area. They describe the area. I look at them and I say, don't it feel better now? Already? You know why this is effective? You take that which is hidden, you pull it out of the darkness into the light. Now the enemy can't hold it over your head. Look, if Jesus can forgive every sin that you could commit, then you need to be able to have, you need to have a person that you can confess to. Now that's not everybody. And I'm no priest. I don't want you. I am a priest, but I ain't like that. So 
I don't need you to come confess all of your sins to me. Yeah, I got a good ear, and I can put up with most everything. You can't likely shock me, but that's not the point in this. He says, confess your faults or your sins to each other. I didn't make it up. It's right there in the Word. So it's a hard thing to do, but it's the right thing to do, and ultimately it's for your good. Look at what the second part is. Like falling in love, though, you'll never know how good it is until you do it. You'll never know. Hey, right, all of you people, how many of you have ever been in love before? Lift your hands up. Every married couple should have their <laughs> hands up right now, way high. You're really in love. You'll act different, won't you? You'll do things differently, and it's, it's an experience that until you have it, you don't really know what it's like. But it'll, may, it'll change your life. And it, listen, I fell in love with that woman right there. And it didn't take me but a mount, about a month of knowing her to fall in love with her. I didn't tell her that until several months later. And then, then proposed to her. And she accepted that proposal. That was in February. Met her in late August, 1st of September, about this time of the year. And then in around February, I proposed to her in Valentine's Day, sitting in my old 67 coronet. <laughs> it was very romantic. Probably playing play the BGs or something like that. That'll put you in the air now. And it and it it changed me. When that semester ended, in spite of all that the professors and stuff tried to teach us, you're not supposed to get hooked up, especially not in your freshman year at college. Don't do that. You need to stay focused on the Lord. You need to stay focused on the work of God. God's put a call on your life. Let him work all of that in you in spite of all of that. Right teaching? We fell, and I fell hard. I fell hard. And so when she went back up to Elmira, New York, I was down there pining for her. There's a word for you to take away today because most of you people don't even know what pining means. You've heard of a pine tree. How does that make anything? That just means I was thinking about her in the morning. I was thinking about her when I was eating lunch. I was thinking about her when I was going to bed at night. I was thinking about her when I was working. I was thinking about her when I was supposed to be studying, praying, all of those things. I was always thinking about her. I was pining for her. I wanted to be nearer. You'll never know what this is like until you experience it. Now look, it's important that you know this next thing. You need a trusted person to whom you can confess your sins. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you need this. Now you married people... I would assume you have somebody you can trust. But it's, 
doesn't have to be the person you're married to. There should be no secrets between you, but it doesn't have to be the person you're married to. But you do need to have somebody, a real person that you trust. And I wonder this question. Are you the kind of person that can be trusted? Are you that person that you can be trusted? That somebody else can depend on? If you're not that person, then you need to work at it and be that person. It may be a single person, by the way. And I don't mean as in not married. A single individual. Because this isn't going to be a bunch of people. You don't want to go around confessing your sins to everybody. No. That'll miss the point. You just become fodder for gossip if that's the case. No, find a single person, perhaps two, that you can treat this way well. Second thing we need to be doing after confessing sins, we need to love each other. You saw this pop up a second ago. Love each other. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, wow, that's some serious love. We're supposed to do that. Y'all remember what Jesus did because of his love for us? Uh Uh-oh. Now you can turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm in trouble. Mark 12, 31 puts it this way. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. It is the second great commandment to love each other. Second great commandment. There's there's no other commandment greater than these other than loving God first. Putting God first. Love is measurable, isn't it? You know when somebody really loves you, right? They'll honor you. They'll care for you. They'll put themselves behind and put you forward. They really love you. Yeah, love is measurable. You don't have to wonder if somebody loves you. And I'll say it to you this way. This is one of the areas that I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on because we get a lot of this preaching in the church. We like preaching about love in the church. We don't always practice it, but we like preaching about it. All essential good that flows from humanity is based in love. I'll give you a moment to spread, to, to, to write that down, especially if you're using electronic media in your app. Take you a few moments to put essential. I spelled it for you, though, so at least you got that. But all of that which is good that comes from us, from our hearts, is based in love. And rightly so, because God is love. And if you are his child, then what you do will flow out of that. Remember, doing flows out of being. 
Let's go to the third point here this morning, things we need to do. We not only confess our sins to one another, we love each other, but we also are devoted to one another. Devoted. Romans 12, verse 10. I'm going to use this verse for this one and the next one. Be devoted to one another in love. Even our devotion is love-based, right? Devotion is love-based. According to Webster, by the way, <clears throat> very loving or loyal. Very loving or loyal. Someone who is devoted to another can be counted on. If you're really devoted, you can be counted on. Friday and yesterday, I spent the whole, if you will, of those two days installing a shed. You guys remember way back in February, I believe it was, of this year, a large tree fell in our yard and it clipped the backside of our shed. And so uh, I had some trusted brothers that are clearly devoted to me that came Friday and yesterday and helped put up that shed. You know when somebody's loyal. They can be counted on. All I did, all I did was shoot a text to, to one, two guys, and I said, is there a chance you could help yesterday, Saturday? This was Friday. Could you, is there a chance that you could help me on Saturday because I need help with doing the roof? I don't do roofing. I can do the construction part, the building part, but I don't do roofing. And next thing I know, within an hour, they were there, Friday. I was talking about Saturday, and here they were. Gave up a whole day, devoted. Someone who is devoted to another can be counted on. Is there someone who genuinely trusts you? Really? Is there someone who genuinely trusts you? Is there someone depending on you? Are you devoted enough to someone else that you'll give up yourself, your things, your ways, so you can bless them? The Word says be devoted. Let's go to, to um, let's go now to, to this. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, verse 10. Be devoted to one another. See, I told you I'd use it again. In love. Honor one another above yourselves. Hmm. Honor one another above yourselves. How many of you recognize this is clearly biblical ideology, but it's not American ideology? Honor someone above yourself. You live right now. We have the me generation in existence right now. 
I should have asked you guys before this, before the second service to get the Toby Keith song. Surely there's more of you in the second service that know the Toby Keith song. All about me, all about my, I, all about number one, oh me, oh my, what I think, what I feel, what I see, right? How many of you know that? Come on, raise your heads. You're a closet country music enjoyer. And that's like 15 years old now. That's the generation we, we live in right now, that they're always thinking about themselves and what I deserve, what I deserve. Self-indulgent. It's not biblical ideology. Very much American ideology. What I think I should have. And it's amazing to me because I've been to a couple of foreign countries at this stage. And the poorest people in those countries will have a five or $600 phone in, on them. Much less these new ones that are over $1,000. Ridiculous. You'll have it. And, but what I, I need, I got to have one. Everybody thinks they've got to have one. And I remember when we first, our kids were getting into that age and they started asking about having their own phone. But mom, when I'm at band practice and it's done, I can call you. That's really why they wanted the phone. That's the, re that's the real reason they wanted the phone. You know, you won't have to wait outside. I can tell you when we're done, and you can be there in 10 minutes. When I'm over at my friend's house, if anything happens, I can just give you a call. What did we do for 2,000, 3,000 years when we didn't have them? And I realize they've changed this, but one of the things this generation, and we've become that. It's not just, don't just point fingers at some of these young people. Don't you dare just point fingers at these young people because you think you deserve stuff that you don't deserve. We need to learn how to honor one another above ourselves. Honoring another above ourselves is hard enough with family but this is to a church family. This is to church family. He's talking about us. Honoring one another. This is Romans. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. Honor one another above yourselves. He was writing to people that had different cultures and backgrounds that they came from. They came to know Christ, but they came from all different cultures and backgrounds. Some of them were Roman. Some of them were Jewish. Some of them were Samaritans. That means they were mixed breeds and people looked down on them. And they were in subjection to Rome to begin with. And he's writing to the church. And he's saying, all of you, honor each other above yourselves. Say, what? Yeah, that's what he was saying. Look at the way the Passion Translation puts it. I'm enjoying this translation more and more lately. 
Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Come to the central assembly of God where everyone is family. Tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family, try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Do you know what that means? That means trip over yourself trying to make somebody else happy. Seriously, that's what honoring one another includes. Paul mentions many specific Christian duties that are to characterize transform living, but love is the dominant note in all of the exhortations. So if you really love one another, you'll trip over yourself trying to honor each other. How can I honor you? How can I bless you? I realize that I, I you know, thank the Lord, but there are so many of you that do honor me, my wife. Thank you. God bless you. You know who you are. The kingdom of God is, is built up on the backs of people honoring other believers. And I, I thank you for that. But can you do that with everyone, not just the preacher and his wife? I mean, across the pew, can you honor one another above yourselves? All right, let's go to the fifth one here. Have fellowship with each other. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 reads this way, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we are living in the light, you know what it is to live in the light? That's not, we don't, we don't visit the light on Sundays. We live in, in the light. That means at your workplace, young people, that means at school, you look like a believer. It ain't that hard. You start practicing these principles, it ain't that hard. You let the fruit of the Spirit shine in you, you'll look different from most people. It'll make you peculiar, but peculiar in a good way. Say hallelujah. Say, I want to be peculiar. <laughs> that was so weak. Don't make me come down here and make you repeat that in my face. Yeah, do you want to be or not? I want to be peculiar. It isn't hard. Just live like Jesus told us to live. You'll be peculiar. You'll stand out like a sore thumb. And if that cliche is missed on you, you ever bang your thumb with a, in a door? And you know that thumb is there for three days. You'll know it. Everything. You'll be just sticking your hand in your pocket. You'll stand out like a sore thumb if you start living for Jesus. If you walk in the light, that's what that means, walking in it. That means you're actually doing this day in and day out. We'll have fellowship with 
one another. Being able to fellowship with each other is directly connected to living right. You could say ouch later, you could say it now, but it, the ouch is coming. Being able to fellowship with each other is directly connected to living right. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. You, why do I say this? Because living righteously invites inclusion. I'm going to explain this now because some of you are thinking down the wrong lane. But it invites inclusion. Have you ever had other believers over to your house and pre-thought and during that moment you thought, we're going to watch a movie. Come on over to my house tonight. Raise your hand. Y'all need to be inviting people over to your house more apparently. That was like seven hands and there's got to be 110 of us in here. Y'all need to invite people to your house. I think I need to spend more time on this particular thing we need to do. Let me tell you what I'm giving at, getting at. Living righteously invites inclusion. But if you've ever had other believers over to your house and you're going to plug in a movie, You build it up. This is a great movie. I want you to come over. We'll have some fun. We'll eat some good stuff. We'll enjoy this movie together. We'll have some fellowship and enjoy this movie together. And then you start thinking through the scenes of the movie. Wait a minute. There's some cursing in this movie. Wait a minute, they may not like their kids, if they're around, they may not like to see the violence. You hear where I'm going now? You're starting to get nervous. The preacher's been in your house, and you didn't know I was there. Because you're thinking, is this going to be offensive to them? If you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. There's no secrets that you have to hide from people when you're, you can have them over for fellowship because you're living right. You're walking a righteous lifestyle. Now, I'm not, forget the movie for a moment. Get your head out of that for a minute. But you, if you ever have, listen, some of you don't have people over because your house is a mess. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to raise your hand. You're like, I don't want to have him over. They just... You know, I heard this one recently. I heard this one. I'll talk about myself for a little bit, all right? that okay with you? All right. You did good on the drums this morning, by the way. Her, her husband played this morning, the early service. Now she's playing this service. Thank you, Kayla. But, um, you know, when we, where was I going with that? I was going to talk about myself. This is what someone told me. They told me they don't, they don't want to have Pastor Cole over because he's a good cook. And they don't want to try to feed him because they think he's going to be critical of what they cook. Yeah. And I looked at them and I said, not only 
does Pastor Cole cook, and he likes to cook. He enjoys it, so he spends time doing it, but he really likes to eat. <laughs> so even if I were critical, I would never be critical to you. I would be thankful that you included me, inclusion, in your life. So here's the point. We get stuck on this stuff because we got stuff we're trying to hide. Like you throw all of those things in one room in your house when you invite people over. I, I'm not going to show you that room. We just, you know, it's a mess in there and we just sit. We'll go to the other rooms. Right? If you've got three dogs, you Febreze the entire house. My house always smells like a Hawaiian breeze. We've got to learn how to be able to have fellowship with each other and not be hung up on this stuff. Listen, active fellowship flows in good relationships. And I'm really thrilled whenever, because we got, we got a whole host of people. Y'all like getting together. That, it's great. It's awesome. I love, because I know there, there are several groups of you in various capacities. You're always finding reasons why you want to get together. That's awesome. Where are the rest of you, though? Find a way to be inclusive. Our annual church picnic is just around the corner, just a couple of weeks away on the 28th. Some of you won't be there. I know it, and not just because I'm sort of prophetic, but I know it because you just don't fellowship. You've got all kinds of reasons why you can't be there. But we, have a, we do this once a year. Once a year, and we give you like a month and a half notice. Tell your family you can't do that on that day. I'm going with my church family today. We do it once a year. Some of you have never been to a fellowship. I don't know you. I don't know about you. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you like. I don't know what you dislike. Why? because I've never sat with you. And all we get, we come to church. How you doing? How you doing today, Pooch? Good. How you good? You? Yep. Yeah? I'm good. Did you say how am I? I did. You did. I did. I'm good. See how deep that was? <laughs> well, first, all many of you got hung up. Why do you call her Pooch? <laughs> Actually, I do know her fairly well. That's why I call her Pooch. <laughs> but it's because I've had time with her. I know a little bit about her. I know her family. I know her grandkids because we've had time to fellowship. But you don't know that because you've never spent time with her. You ain't ever invited her over to your house. But you know she's a single woman, like a little time with people. Love to have a little bit of interaction. So I'm not pointing her out, not trying to hang her out here. My point with you is if we don't have time to fellowship, then we won't get to know each other. We can't help each other. And you realize where that scripture went? We pray for one another. We stand with one another. 
we can support one another, but you've got to know them before you can really support them because your support is based in ignorance, not knowledge. Let's go to the sixth one here. Wrap yourselves in humility toward one another. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 puts it this way. In the same way, you who are younger, uh-oh, must accept the authority of the elders. Glory. I'm getting closer and closer to that category. Actually, I'm full on way into it at this stage. I even got a 10% off meal a few days, weeks ago. Borderline, man, 55, you can get a, get a discount. Anyway, just gave a shameless plug to Borderline and wasn't even trying. Look at what the scripture says. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. We owe it to fellow believers to recognize it is the same grace that covers us all. Same grace that covers us all. Do you know I don't think of myself as better than any of you? I know you find that amazing, but I don't. I don't think of myself as better than any of you. Because it's the same grace that I need to cover me. Listen, in terms of who God is, I got filthy rag righteousness. But somebody say, thank God Jesus' blood cleanses my filthy rag righteousness. So that's how I can relate to you with humility because I'm just, same grace. Same grace that covers me covers you. And this, this is how I think of it. You may shine in an area where I struggle, but, but I've got an area where I shine and you don't. Seriously. I got areas I'm good at. I'm, I'm pretty good, pretty high on the patience scale. Way high on the grace scale. But a few of you, nope. Nope. Just a couple of you. You stand in line at a McDonald's for two minutes and you're like, what is up with this place? What do they got going on back there? Did they have to butcher the cow? <laughs> and it's only been two minutes. Clothe yourselves in humility. Come on, folks. How many of you out here have ever made a mistake? Any of you ever make a mistake? Hold your hand up if you've ever made a mistake. How many of you? Are, yeah, thank you, Tony. Both hands. That's why I can't be puffed up. I messed up enough to say, listen, when you mess up, I'm just going to love you, show you the love of Christ, 
if I can help you, I'll find a way to help you. I'll give you the word of God, but I'm going to stand with you as a brother or sister in Christ because I've needed that same grace to cover me that you're in need of right now. And I said this in the early service, so it, it bears repeating right now at this place. When you get in that line, I don't care where it is, what the circumstance is, grocery store, fast food, um, convenience store, even those names, they tell you something about who we are and how we operate. But and you get somebody that's messing up, I just ask you, have you ever made a mistake? So don't you come off, of, you better come off that high horse, actually. And I want you to be the one that makes a difference in that person's life. I want you to walk in the light in that situation, in that scenario. How can I do that, Pastor? I'm in a hurry, and I need him to take care of my business. You need to slow down and take care of his business. What if you paused for a moment and said when you finally got there, listen, I've been noticing that you've been having a rough time. Can I pray for you? Tell me what's going on. Give me a minute. Just give me 30 seconds of what's going on. And what if they turned around and told you, I just found out that my brother was in a car accident. It's got me rattled and I just, my mind isn't in it. What if you paused in that moment and said, God, take care of her brother. Help her in this moment. And may from this moment her mind be cleared and her heart be at peace and she get some good news or she gets somebody to come along and help her so that she can go... She can tend to this issue. What if you prayed that way? Do you think that would make a difference for that person? Do you think that'd be shining the light? Where everybody else is just back there saying, ah, I need my hamburger. I only got 20 minutes. I got to be back at the office. Can we be different? Can we clothe ourselves in humility? And can we treat one another? Can we do that even in the church? Can we do that with each other? This is the thing that you need to be concerned about here, and this is the, the negative side, if you will, of this issue. This is the area that Jesus reminds us to not judge others. Why? Because we have enough dirt under our fingernails. Don't you, have, you don't have to point out their problems and their sins. And the Scripture says we're to clothe ourselves in this humility. Like I put on this jacket today, we need to clothe ourselves with this humility. Put it on, in other words. That requires intent. Why did I say that? Most of us, especially in American culture, we're not geared to thinking in humility. We're geared to think about what we deserve. Some of you think you deserve the best parking lot in the church because you've been here 30 years. Clothe yourself in humility. Maybe you need to get off that high horse and just, hey, if God's blessed you and given you strength, 
I'll park down the street so somebody else can have that good spot. I'm about to go there with serving. That's the next one. So I'll put it to you this way. It's much better to walk in humility than to be humbled. Have you ever had God humble you? I have. God will humble you right in front of people. He'll do it. He'll humble you. You think you're the hot shot. <laughs> I'm going to move on for that. There's an there's a example I want to give, but I'm not going to. Serve each other. Let's go to the last one. We're clothe ourselves with humility. I'm sorry, I move real quick through that one. Clothe is the word. Serve each other. Galatians 5.13 is read this way. For you who have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. Like honor and humility, serving is a demoting of self. It's a putting down, if you will, of self. And you must get yourself out of the way to serve others. And that's a hard thing for us to do because we're so tuned in with what we want, how we want it, when we want it. Serve each other. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We're not just serving them, but we're serving one another in love. Thank God for those who have a heart and a willingness to serve each other. I'm going to give you the whole passage from the, new, from the Passion Translation. Look at it. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. That is good stuff. Don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self indulgence that we become servants of one another expressing love in all we do say all. all in all we do we express it that means it's proved by how our actions hallelujah love in all we do but i'm not done i want to go to the next part look at what it says for love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love. That means action, doesn't it? Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts that trying to destroy one another. Do not judge. That's the tie-in right there. Why? Walk in humility. Serve one another. Find ways to love and serve one another rather than expressing yourself in this harsh way, putting one another down. Do you know I often find that people who are harsh with others 
are harsh because they're battling the same zone? So what does that tell you? That tells you better be careful around pastor because he thinks you got the problem. Serve each other. Let's find a way to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to me, folks. I, I want to close this this way. Jesse, you can come on up now, but Become a builder. Pastor Makai is next door because her best friend, Vanessa, is actually speaking in the Spanish mission today. Become a builder. Turn to your right now, your neighbor right now, say, I'm a bodybuilder. Do one of these for me. I got to be careful, I'll rip this suit, but. I don't have to be that careful, Kayla. I want you to become a bodybuilder. I mean, I'm talking about building one another up. Every one of these character qualities that believers should exhibit in our lives will build the body of Christ. They'll build us up. They'll make us better. They'll make us stronger. They'll make us able to go further. They'll make people see Jesus more often in our actions. It's inside the church and outside the church, but always with other believers, we're supposed to practice these 14 truths, things we should be actively doing. What is the first one of today? Confess your sins to another trusted believer. It's intentional. You won't do it if you're not intentional. Why? Because we like hiding our secrets. I don't like you seeing my dirty stuff. I don't. I just used the cooking example earlier. If I burn something, I don't want you eating. I messed up. I need grace. I just did that a few weeks ago. Had family over, had marinated some steaks for two days. I marinated them for two days. Yeah, right. I do put that kind of emphasis on it, but still, I burnt the daylights out of those steaks. I mean, the backside of them, they looked like they were charred. Now, my wife loved them because she likes burnt food, but she does she grew up in that and that's just you know if there's a there's a trace of juice in it it's like i like my steaks just past not moving confess our sins to a trusted believer secondly let's learn how to love like god loves us thirdly be devoted to one another. Really. I mean, like we're in this together. Become a bodybuilder. Be devoted to someone. Be committed to caring for and loving another believer. Fourthly, honor each other. Find ways to show that you honor other people. That means you're going to have to work at this too. You're going to have to find people to even honor. And you may have to jump out of your own way and manner to figure this out. How do I do this? Because you were brought up in a household where that never happened. How do you do that if you never learned how to be honorable? 
Spend a lot of time in the Word, that'll help you. Fifth, have fellowship with each other. Look for opportunities and places and times when you can have fellowship with other believers. Six, wrap yourself in humility towards each other. And then we'll close it off with the last one, serve each other. Would you stand to your feet, please? I want you to do something for me because we already had an altar time. I'm going to remind you, if you raised your hand to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, John, come on up here to the front. Folks that raised your hand to get things right with God, I want you to see him after the service. There were a couple of you that raised your hand, prayed along with us. Just needs to help you to know what to do next. The rest of you, I'd love for you to close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. Now, I want what I'm about to say to you. Nobody's looking around. I want what I'm about to say to you to not be treated like that, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I really want you to give a moment to look in your own heart and say, Pastor, I could grow in finding someone to whom I can confess my sins. Pastor, I know I need to love better. Pastor, I need to be devoted to someone. Not just talk the talk, but actually walk it out. I need to learn how to honor others. I'm talking about other believers, not just your mom, not just your dad, not just the preacher. I need to grow in fellowshipping with others. I know I need to wrap myself in humility, and I need to learn how to serve others. If you fit in any of those seven categories, you need to grow in any of those seven or multiple of the seven. Lift your hand right up. Nobody's looking around. Lift it up high. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come forward. You can put your hands down. Come on, let's pray together. You begin to pray and you say, Lord, I need help in this area. I don't even know how to properly honor people. Really, I don't, I don't know how to. I never learned it. Nobody ever showed me how love or honor looks like. Nobody ever showed me that. Lord, help me to grow in that area or to figure out how to serve someone else. Above myself? That seems so non-human. And in reality, it is because it's based on the agape kind of love or God-like kind of love that helps us to honor someone and serve someone above ourselves. Lord, help us to grow in these specific areas where we're weak. And forgive us, God, when we've stood on our own principles, proclaiming our own thing, our own way. We've not actually clothed ourselves in humility or learned how to serve or love. Or all of these principles, really all 14, God, forgiving each other. Some of those things, God, we got a lot of room to grow. Holy Spirit, the next time that one of these folks raised their hands for whatever that reason, the next time they encounter that issue, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to track them down and show them that they missed an opportunity or that they can redo this in a way that proves you are in charge in their hearts and lives. Really, Lord, track us down, chase us down. Holy Spirit, speak into our life. We don't want to be weak and deficient in these areas. We want to be strong in the power of your might. So please help us, Lord, in all of these areas to grow 
the way we should grow. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, be a bodybuilder. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.